1: Dennis Gartman joins us, uh, the retired editor of the Gartman Letter. Dennis, you said in your notes that you quoted from T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland about April is the cruelest month, and you brought that to, to uh, the Bulls, that August was the cruelest month. Uh, it also has a line in it, um, The Wasteland, that London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. So I'm wondering if you're suggesting it is off to prison you must go for the Bulls.
2: Well, I'm not sure that it's off to prison, but I think they've had a very hard time over the course of the past uh, month and a half. and I think uh, it, I've been bearish of the stock market since basically January fifth of this year uh, moving uh, having moved the university's endowment out about twelve to fifteen percent of its portfolio and moving it to two- year notes just to protect our spending for the next year and a half or two two years. I think it's a bear market. I think it's going to continue to be a bear market, and what bothers me, is that the rallies that we've had, and we've had rallies along the way. We had a rally from mid- early last week until Friday afternoon, and we're opening up strongly tonight. But the volume has been on very light volume, and usually in good bull markets you, you want to see markets go up on big volume, go down on light volume. In a bear market you get the absolute other way. You go down on larger volume and you rally on lesser volume. It's a technical circumstance that I think has prevailed for, for decades, actually probably for centuries and it bothers me that the, the, the rallies are doing exactly that. We're having a nice rally now. I covered, for, I trade mostly for my own account, and I covered a goodly portion of my of my hedge short positions Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of last week. But it, I'm, I'm very disconcerted that that the volume has been very light, and I'll probably be back to being overtly bearish in the not too distant future. So I think it's a bear market that began in late December, early January. That is. The monetary authorities are going to continue to be. Less than expansionary and, in fact, she'll be quite contractionary for a long period of time. And I think that it's, is that. Yes.
3: Can you can, we, can you quantify for us uh, how QT changes the game, if at all?
2: I, I asked that question again. I missed it, Rashad.
3: I, I was asking how quantitative tightening changes the game, if at all.
2: Well, the Fed's going to tighten. We know they're going to go 75 basis points. There's no question in the September meeting. The only question shall be how far will they take rates in the November and December meeting. The Fed does not like to be Grinch at, at Christmas time, but I do think we're going to go 75 basis points in September and a total of 100 more basis points at least in the November and December meetings. What's really more important to me is the fact that the Fed is going to be running off 65 to $90 billion from its balance sheet over the course of the next several years. It was that increasing in the size of its balance sheet, taking it from $900 billion to nine trillion over the course of the last decade which was the fuel for the bull market and a fuel for inflation and now we're taking that fuel away and it's going to be years in the making so rather than being too focused upon what the, the overnight fed funds rate is going to do i'm far yeah. more concerned about what the feds balance sheet will be doing
3: Okay. Uh- Now, looking at, Dennis, you know, the whole Fed monetary tightening scenario, you know, people thinking there's going to pivot sometime next year, but that's something which, you know, J-PAL and others have really tried to quash. But does this mean that we've got uh, multi-year monetary policy, which uh, will be a drastic departure to what we've been witnessing in the last few years?
2: I've said since I've been in the business for about 45 years, the one thing I've learned is once the Fed begins to embark upon a new direction, whether they're taking rates higher or taking rates lower, whether they're tightening or easing, they tend to move not for weeks, not for months, but for months and years. So I do think that we are in for several years of, of tighter monetary policy. They have to the duty of reducing the size of their balance sheet. Again, as I talked about earlier, it's gone from 900 billion to nine trillion. Taking sixty five to 90 billion away each month is years in the making to get it back to let's call it four trillion dollars. So this is not something that's going to happen very soon. It's something that's going to be in, with us for, I think, at least two more years on the, on the tightening side. It's just something that historically has been the precedent that the Fed has said. And given the, the fact that the, the doves on the committee, Lyle Brainerd being one, has now become hawkish, and even the hawks are hawkish, this is something that's going to be with us for a while. So people think that there's going to be a pivot, I think, or are ill-advised and, and looking yeah. at the wrong news
1: even the doves hawkish. Uh, yeah, it's kind of scary. Uh, but uh, the bond market does seem to be sending a somewhat more uh, comforting message. Uh, if you look at uh, five-year tips, for instance, down under 2.6%. Now, the bond market could be wrong, but it's kind of risky to to call the bond market wrong. That's a, that's a pretty big market.
2: I've always said that the bond market is the wiser of the two. Between the, between the stock market and the bond market, my vote will tend to be with the bond market. It's one of mathematics, and it's one of... Uh, consequence. So uh, if the bond market wants to say that rates are going to be easing, I'll go with that. But not r- right now, the trend is from the upper left to the lower right as far as price. The trend is from the lower left to the upper right as far as yield is concerned. And it's been a bear market, a devastating bear market. Those who had the, the, their portfolios in the 60-40 stock versus bond portfolio have suffered immensely. And I don't think that that suffering is going to end anytime soon.
3: You gave us a sense of your strategy at the start of the interview, Dennis. What is it looking like now? Are you feeling any form or shape of optimism?
2: I'm For the long term, I did a radio interview here in in Tidewater, Virginia, last week, and I said if you're looking out three to five years, you can be optimistic. If you're looking out three to five months or, or maybe two years, I think you have to tend to be pessimistic. So... It's, it's, it depends on what your time frame is. The, the, the major course of the United States is always going to be bullish in the long term. But I think between now and the end of this year and into midterm and next year, I think a I, I bear market is still going to continue, and I think you have to be very, very conscious of the fact that it is a bear market at this point and prices mm. are going to be lower, not higher.
1: So we did see a significant drop in commodities uh, during the month yes. of June, but it really has turned around since then. Uh, and and they have started to creep higher. Uh, admittedly, in the last 10 days, we've seen another drop, but uh, still well off the, the lows. Um, you know, you made your money, I suppose, as a as a kind of commodities guru. What's the commodities market uh, telling you?
2: I think wheat prices have gotten as, as, probably as cheap as they're going to get. Wheat fell from $13 a bushel down to 8 But getting the crop into the ground this year, the winter wheat crop is being planted at this time, and you need rain and you're going to need snow this winter. We're not getting much rain, and um, the odds of getting a massive snowfall are probably relatively minimal. So I think wheat prices want to go a lot higher. Corn prices have stopped going down. They want to turn for the better. Even soybean prices are turning for the better. You've seen livestock prices, uh, with the exception of hogs, cattle prices have gone from the lower left to the upper right. And what's important to me is copper has suddenly turned around and gone to the upside. Tin seems to be turning around and going to the upside. And even gold, which has been under a deleterious bear market, seems to, seems to have stopped. So the the benefits that have accrued because of falling commodity prices over the course of the last two and a half months, you've probably seen the best news that you're going to get. And you're probably going to see higher prices going forward.
3: All right, Dennis, thank you so much for joining us uh, uh, this Sunday evening, of course, your time. And uh, Monday morning, right here in Hong Kong. Dennis Gartman there, Chairman of the University of Akron's Endowment Investment Committee. is also the retired editor and the publisher of the Gartman Letter.
0: The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor q